with me. I am your host, Ugo Chukwumokoro. Uh, today is a very, very important day in the history of Common Sense Africa podcast because of the personality that we have here today. I'm talking of no other person than Dr. Nelson Aluya, who is a medical doctor trained in both uh, medicine, internal medicine, and uh, pediatrics. He is the medical ad advocate and an assistant professor of medicine at the New Jersey Medical School, Rutgers University, Newark, New Jersey. He is the immediate past chairman of the Association of Nigerian Physicians in the Americas, AMPA for short. He is the past president of the Nigerian and uh, New Jersey Medical Association and currently the national president of NAPAC USA. NAPAC means the Nigerian American Public Affairs Committee, which is the platform that engage, inform, and educate Nigerian Americans and friends of Nigeria in the areas of politics, policies, health, and social justice. He is a community leader with numerous citations and awards, including the leadership from the Paramount Health Centers, an ambassador for peace from the Universal Peace Federation, peer review publications, guests at numerous television programs, including a syndicated Nigerian National Television Authority. He has led numerous medical missions to Nigeria, Jamaica, and in the United States. Dr. Nelson Adluya continues to use his expertise and selfless service for the care of the medically disadvantaged and indigent communities across the globe, with particular interest in the areas of diabetes, mellitus, and its complications. Dr. Aluya, welcome to Common Sense Africa podcast. We are happy to have you. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, great introduction. Um, I, I, I've been looking forward to this for, for the longest time. You know, everything in Africa is in my DNA, is in my structure. So um, I eat, breathe, uh, sleep. I think Africa all the time. So That's thank right. You, I guess it's a mutual feeling because we've yeah. been looking forward to having you as well. Right. So I am, I am highly, highly elated and delighted to have you as well. Uh, this, uh, uh, this is actually going to be a very interactive um, session, so it's going to be your show. So what we're going to do is um, uh, you know, ask you a few questions in, and the work you've done in your area of expertise and what you're doing because here at Common Sense Africa podcast, we are interested in how to better Africa. Right. So in the area that we're going to talk about is health care in Africa. Mm -hmm. So you're going to talk to us about NAPAC, you're going to talk to us about other things, right. you're going to talk to us about other great things. But I would like uh, for you to talk to Africans, talk to our listeners uh, about how we can leverage all the expertise. I mean, in, um, in the diaspora, we have a lot of Africans doing great work uh, in the area of medicine and science and technology. So how do we leverage that? How do we uh, take that as an advantage? What should have been a brain drain to, to Africa? How do we make it a brain gain? Right. Well, um, the, the issue about Africa is huge, complex, and very convoluted uh, in the sense that there's a whole lot of uh, intricacies and, and um, you know, layers to it. And right. in settling those problems that Africa has, you have to peel a whole lot of them uh, piece by piece. And at the same time, you also have to uh, learn to understand, you know, what are the root causes um, that has led us here right. uh, to all the problems that we have. 
that is uh, not uh, uh, unique to Africa, uh, yeah. that makes us uh, separate in the sense that we, as Africans and blacks, are considered to be, I'm sorry to use the word, you know, the bottom feeders of the world. Right. Uh, but, you know, in that respect, I, I say this, that Africa is on the move. And we need to understand that. Um, there's a whole lot of time coming. Um, things are not the way they used to be. Right. Uh, I often joke and I say, we are not our ancestors. No, we are not. Uh, but in the sense that uh, we're not, um, but we need to understand um, what our ancestors went through. Right. Uh, understand the commonality of us as a people, as black people, right. and at the same time, know that our DNA that beats in us, we need to understand our history and take it to where we're coming from and, our, and, and, and count on our gains as we are uh, to a point where we begin to manifest to, to a level of uh, significance, uh, to a level of uh, relevance globally, and to a level where hopefully in the near future, we'll begin to dominate. Right. Um, that's a, I mean, across the globe, uh, I, I often take it in two spans. Right. Uh, there's those who are in the continental Africa uh, and those who are in the diaspora. So right. You and I are in the diaspora. Right. And, you know, with the diasporans, we have two sets. Those who left 400 years ago right. uh, were taken by force 400 years ago. That's right. And those who came, you know, much lately. And, you know, especially uh, from the generation, uh, what do you call it, generation X, uh, generation uh, the millennia, millennia, and then, you know, for Z and eventually the alpha, the alpha. whose, you know, life we're trying to build and set them up for right. the future. Right. Um, I've always said this, that we may not always be able to prepare the future for our children, but we should be able to, with clear intent, prepare our children for the future. That's right. And that's where we're coming from. And that's what we must begin to think. So in as much as we talk about, you know, the issues and how we need to resolve, especially in my sp space, in the medical field, uh, address the issues, we also need to address some of the things that, that, that are hindrances right. to our growth and to uh, why you know, the, the common sense mentality that we talk about right. uh, that is African um, and begin to change the narrative. Right. Uh, the narrative is changing. I see Africa on the, on the move. Right. I say it for those who uh, have heard me say this multiple times. Right. That there's a new beat. There's a, there's a reckoning in the African consciousness. Right. And those who pay attention would hear that our DNA is beating a new kind of rhythm. Right. And those who pay attention will hear. And those who don't hear now will eventually hear. That's right. And if they don't, they'll see the manifestations or in the, the next future. Or they'll be told as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they will see the manifestations and they'll be told. So, um, and why am I coming with that? Uh, and I did say two things. The diaspora, you know, the two sections, those who left 400 years ago and those who are here. Now, on both continents, um, people were forced to take it away. Right. Uh, and those who were taken away went through the subjugation and subjection uh, that eventually turned out to be slavery. Right. And, and the trauma of slavery that had lasted for generations for over 400 years. Right. 
And in medicine, we begin to realize that with long-term sustained trauma, right. it actually affects how your DNA is expressed. Right. And, and it, it goes on to alter even the way the brain begins to think. And we think that that alteration of the brain, it's not just structural, but it's also chemical. Right. And those chemicals affect the, 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 the structure of the DNA and how it's expressed, and that's what we call epigenetics. Uh, how your environment affects the, f the food you eat, the environment and right. everything affects how your DNA is spread. We begin to really know that now, uh, even in diabetes and yeah, everything right. else. Another disease that we begin to know. Right. Now, that trauma has caused a whole lot of pain right. and has resulted uh, to how we behave right. uh, as a people. Mm -hmm. uh, the trauma of service, trauma of... Uh, of Jim Crow, the sort of segregation, right. and all the things that we've seen. Right. But things are changing, and we begin to see the new dynamics, and right. everybody's seeing that. Now, right. if you take it back to Africa, often people forget right. that those who were left in Africa experienced trauma themselves. Of course. Because how do you feel when, as a mother, your child is taken away, mm. your husband is taken away, mm. your brother is taken away? Mm. It's trauma. Mm. All those mothers who were left behind when they took their children, their young boys, their young daughters, went through the trauma of separation and loss. Yes. And a lot of those people died not being the same anymore. That's right. And we tend to forget that. And as, as we begin to talk of some of the things we need to do, we must begin to learn to bridge that gap. And yes. that gap is one. For those in the diaspora and those in continental Africa need to understand that we need to begin to resolve the discrepancies, the hurt right. that each one feels. Right. Thinking, oh, we were sold off, because that's the narrative that some people right, in the right. diaspora said, they were what, sold yeah, off. Because what, yeah. it, it was intentional putting to split and cause cross, cross that dichotomy. Exactly. So as we begin to come on to the common sense of a common identity of trauma and pain, we begin to heal. And as we heal, we'll understand better. Right. As we understand better, we will work better. That's correct. Because Africa will not move forward until those in the diaspora begin to think, think. that Africa needs to move forward. That's correct. And those in the diaspora will not end the respect that they deserve until, until Africa, Africa begins to move forward. Because I say this, yes. that no black man on earth, anywhere in the world, would end the respect that he, he or she deserves. No black person. That's correct. Until the African is respected. That's right. Whether you're Japanese black, Korean black, Chinese black, Chinese black right. African American black, Caribbean, Jamaican, right. Kenyan, or right. Nigerian black, right. you would not end that respect as an individual anywhere you go until Africa begins to end that respect. That is so correct. And that's how we must, in common sense, begin to see Africa as one. Because your growth in the diaspora is the growth of those in the continent in, in, in the continental africa so, so well i'm glad you said that because during our last episode i did touch about uh that's some issue that the respect of a black man or a black person anywhere in the world hinges on the progress of africa all right so on that note uh, dr nelson uh let's go back to Again, you yes. talked about how Since to bridge. We've addressed yeah, that. You, you talked that about how to. You talked about how to bridge <laughs> Why that gap. Where we are, that's right. You talked about how to bridge <laughs> that gap. Right. So I honestly think that one way we can bridge that gap is in the medical health system. Correct. So because now I, I, 
often get concerned or worried when my folk, you know, my family, somebody visits Africa, Nigeria in particular, right. and uh, let's say you're traveling by road or if you're flying, and I say, God forbid, there's an accident. Yes, some of them think that they are safe or they're protected in bulletproof vehicles and all that, nothing will happen. Right, right. But unfortunately, accident happened. Which hospital are they going to take you? Right. What will right. be the response right. system? So how do we leverage all this wealth of expertise from those African immigrants that are here and then from our brothers and sisters that we met here, the African-Americans right. and uh, right. all the other Africans in the diaspora that are doing great work right. in, uh, uh, in the area of science and technology, medicine in particular. How do we leverage that? How hard will it be? Right. For us, right. uh, like those of you who are doctors who are working in some of these big right. conglomerate of medical right. institutions, why can't we get some type of affiliation with Nigeria or even start a system right. that, uh, that will have hospitals around Africa that would have some type of affiliation with those in here in America, in England, or wherever? Right, right. So uh, that I'll take again in multiple prongs. Um, first, uh, for those, a lot of people know me, I'm a history buff, right. because I, I say this, that if you do not know your history, you're like a, a branch that does not know it's part of a tree. Right. What happens to that branch? It grows but wither, because yes. it doesn't understand it's part of that tree. That's correct. So, again, understanding where we are, and, and I'm glad that you brought this up, um, the resources that we have. And, and when we talk about resources, we talk about time, money, and intellect. Now, and that's what you're, you're, you're referring to. How do we put all of this together? Because right. some people have the time, they don't have the money on the intellect. And that's some true. people have the, the intellect, they don't have the time or the money. Or the and some people have the money, they don't have the time or, or the, the intellect. intellect. Yes. So we must begin to find ways to harnessing all of those. Right. And, and for those who've heard me talk, and I say this, whatever you have, bring it, right. would accept it. Right. Now, for us begin for us to begin to do that, we must first begin to talk, right. to talk to, to one another. That's correct. Um, each and every one of us, we're champions now in individual spaces. Right. Uh, but one of the things that, you know, all our history and all the, the things we went through as individuals has created for us, right. it has made us all an island. Yes. I, I'll say why it is. For instance, you know, pardon me for saying this, but Take a Nigeria, or most African countries. Right. You are your own government. That's right. Why are you your own government? You provide your own water. You provide mm -hmm. your own, you know, sanitary system. Generator. You provide your own light. Mm -hmm. You provide your own security. Mm -hmm. You provide your own food. Why? Because there's no system that's put in place to help sustain you that you can draw your source from. That's correct. So if you transfer that to the individual Africans and all the things that organizations and everybody's do, we all become an island. So we work in silos. So individual silos that there are, which is what you described. Right. I mean, you have AMPA, you have the Ghanaian Medical uh, uh, Aid for, 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 for Medical Aid, you have the, the, the Ghanaian ones, you have the Chinese, uh, the, the Tanzanians one, you have the Zambian, you have Ethiopia, all of, and the Cameroonian, all these individual um, medical organizations work in silos. Now, each one that work in silos are doing great things. Yes. But the difference is, even in the Nigerian community, you see the nurses, you see the pharmacists and all that, 
but they've never talked to one another right. and see the resources, time, money, and intellect okay, that and each one has so that we begin to put together. Right. So that's why we must first begin to talk. Right. Now, you know, most people say, oh, no, we, call, we talk too much, we talk, talk, talk. Look, if we don't talk, we don't know what we have. We that's don't right. know the power that's you right. have. We don't know the resources that you carry. That's right. So until we begin to talk so that we identify each, our, each and every one of the powers that we have yes. and then begin to connect that power. Yes. And why do I say this? I say in the sense because power is most effective when concentrated. So each individual silo powers that each one have, we must begin to connect them. That's right. And thank God for... Build a network. For the, yeah, build a network. For thank God for COVID that's made it possible that we can talk to anyone, <laughs> my brother, anywhere yeah, in the world. Yes. We must begin to, one, utilize those, those technology. Uh, and, and again, I'll come to your question where technology is paramount. Technology is paramount to our time right. in solving any problems that we have. Right. Because guess what? Technology was used to subjugate and subdue Africa. And technology, again, will be used to relieve and save Africa. So Africans must want no technology, use technology, adapt technology, right. and utilize technology. Right. Now, coming to this, after we start talking, then we do begin to do what? We begin to collaborate. Right. And when we talk about collaboration, meaning you put the resources that we talked about. Right. Each and every one of us will put our money, time, and intellect where it needs to be. Right. Now, for Africa today, I mean, what, we're 1.3 billion people mm. with uh, a, a GDP of, uh, what, 1.2 trillion, right. uh, which our population is expected to be 2.5, uh, well, 1.5, uh, uh, no, 2.5 billion in, by 2020. 2020. 2050, right. and now, you know, GDP is about to be 2.5 trillion right. at that time as well. So, if you look around, Africa is identified right now as the next frontier. That's correct. Now, in terms of um, everything else you want to talk about. Right. Now, in the United States of America, at least with Nigerians, you have one Nigerian doctor or a healthcare professional in almost every hospital in the United, in the United States. States. Yes. So, talking from solving our issues, I'll take it in two points, like I said, here in the diaspora and back home. Right. Now, here in the diaspora, what we need to do is one, I, I take it in, in strategies. Right. We need to have what we call internal restructuring right. and reconciliation. Right. Internal re restructuring and reconciliation right. and strategy formation within right. us, That's within right. the Africans here, but the within diaspora. the Nigerians first, mm -hmm. you know, and everybody has to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, the Cameroonians, the, 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 the Tanzanians, right. the South Africans. Right. Now, when you do that within yourselves, then you begin to connect the, the, the uh, physician association, the nurses association, the pharmaceutical lab associations. Right. And, and allied health facilities right. uh, associations. So we talk mm. and we have a forum. And Tango will begin to really form that now right. here, yeah. where uh, via Zoom, we see the, the, the doctors, the nurses, and the pharmacists are coming together. Right. And as, as a, a leader in the healthcare industry here in the United States, mm -hmm. I got to know the pharmacists 
who's in charge of pharmacy, who's in charge of nurses. Right. I've spoken to a lot of them. Right. I'm pulling things together. Yes. Now, what we also do is, is connecting with the Ghanaian associations, mm. with the Ethiopian associations, mm. with, so that we come and have a common front and have a common voice. Right. So as we begin to speak, then we begin to, you know, again, internal restructuring, strategy formation, and reconciliation. So that we come together and de decide what are the impactful things that we need to do on the ground that are urgent, sustainable, achievable, and reproducible in the African continent. Mm. We see what's happening right now when it came to COVID. Yes. Uh, thank God that, uh, you know, I I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say this in pigeon English. <laughs> Car went not getting, I got the driving fly. <laughs> in Nigeria, so no. God drove that fly for us. That's right. Because when COVID came up in 2020, right. um, a whole lot of international body, including the United, you know, uh, the WHO, right. uh, to my disheartening, said 2.6 million people would die in Africa mm. within that year. Mm. And I was saddened by it. Mm. Because, I mean, they based it based on the structures on the ground mm. that they saw. Right. That mm, there's nothing there. Uh -huh. So if China and the U.S. is going through and Europe is going through this, right. how the heck with those without resources, without resources be able to handle 2.6 million? We right. expected to die. Uh -huh. But what did we see happen? Well, God saved us. <laughs> no, no, it's a food and well, a natural well, way of they, living. Again, that's, that's what God. That's, yes. that's what God. So they need to do a study. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. They right. really need to go to Africa and study what happened. Well, I can tell you what happened. That's a different story. I can tell you what happened. You know, the beast down to, the, to our DNA. Right. Now, coming to, you know, settling our healthcare issues. So, as we begin to do that, with the first strategy mm. where we reconcile strategy formation and then the second strategy is external affiliation and external uh what do you call it uh, association meaning those who have your interest at heart mm. the african interests especially in anywhere in yeah. health in right. entertainment whatever right. that's how we begin to take it so that the external affiliation and association meaning yeah. if it's who that has interest fine if it's the international uh, financial cooperation, fine. Right. You begin to, you know, form associations with those or affiliations with those body. If it's the Chinese or the U.S. aid who want to put money down and look for talents within Africa and outside Africa, then guess what? This body that's formed within the diaspora, and that's what we're working on, right. that will be a voice in the healthcare industry for, for Africa, will begin to engage these people right. and engage them to a point of, 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 of not on begging, but a point of common, you know, uh, um, um, equal path right. and, and, and sense. Because look, we have what it takes here for those of us who live in the diaspora. Well, we course, really do. I mean, we, we work in we the best more, hospitals. We have we, more than what it takes. So uh, we're not going to come to them. Uh, or they will not look at us like, like they looked our, uh, our ancestors. Our <laughs> These are a different That's set right. of Africans. And, uh, <laughs> and some of us, some of some of you guys, actually run the institutions here. Yes. So I, um, Amen. Hallelujah yeah. to so that. I'm, uh, uh, you talked about, uh, so the discussion, <laughs> the issue is actually within us. Yes. We have to talk to each other. So, so one of the things that we, we did a past episode, in mm -hmm. one of our past episodes that we called Restructuring Africa Itself, mm -hmm. you made mention about Talking to Africa needs to talk 
to each other. Yes. African countries need to talk to each other. Yes. They need to internally talk to each other first, and then together they'll come together and talk to each other. For instance, Nigeria is struggling because every African country is struggling with democracy, and it, and it will never work until they talk to each other. Yes. Quote me wherever you, you can quote no, me anytime. I, I, because I totally these, are, these are nations <laughs> that didn't even agree to be one country. Right. They didn't have any input right. to how they decided that. Right. Now you're forcing them to work together without understanding how to be but one. But guess what? They've done it so smoothly and well. And yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So the, the two prongs that I approached, that I said, was the prong of the those in the diaspora. Mm. Now the other prong, you know, I gave a, a strategy of the prong in the diaspora. And then the other prong is the strategy within Africa. That's right. So meaning the African medical associations in African countries That's right. must begin to one, talk to one another. That's right. Meaning the, the NMA, the Nigerian Medical and Dental Council, right. will talk to the Ghanaian one. That's will right. talk to the Gambians one. will talk to those in Ethiopia. So that they begin to... Um, not just find a common way of interaction and essence, but a common way where they share knowledge, information, uh, um, a credibility, a sense of and sense and purpose and sense of pride. Right. Yes. Because when and hope. Right. Because one of the things that would push an individual in achieving the insurmountable uh, goals is when you create hope. Because I, I, I'll give you an example. It is that hope that the young boy in Mbise will leave Mbise with $50 in his pocket, walk across to Niger mm. and up to Libya, mm. stand in Libya and look across mm. and see Europe yes. and say, you know what, I'm going to well, walk well. to Europe right. because he knows that when he gets there, yeah, there's hope. There's hope. Yes. So that's the hope that has in him that pushes him to that level. Right. Now, we must begin to create that. We have what they call the, the African CDC. Right. Now, I, I can't remember when the African <laughs> CDC was formed, but who runs African CDC? Who are the people who are the, the, the power players with the African CDC? What are they doing in the continent? How committed are they to the continent's growth and development in the healthcare industry? Um, I, I know they've, you know, they come, they talk a lot, but and, and all that. But what are the impactful things and and a roadmap that's put in place for today, for tomorrow, and for generations to come? Right. Those are questions for me to begin to answer. Right. But people tend to forget this, and I, and, I, and 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 we as a people must come to terms with this. We see people who are in power, and we sit and fold our arms and expect that oh. They know exactly what we want what we or what we need. Mm -hmm. No, you'll be shocked. They have their own agenda. Right. But until you engage them and demand, you, we must begin to engage. Yes. And it, until you engage them and tell them what you want, and not just you what you want, want, but what you're going to offer them to help them do their job better. Right. Because everybody who's in power, we want to get their job done. They want to look good. That's right. So we must begin to create that platform for them. Mm. So that as we do that, then we come to terms. And we can come to talk. Why am I saying this? Look, power cannot be changed from afar. Right. You must engage power. That's for you right. to change power, you must get close to power. That's correct. And that's engaging power. So yes. from the CDC 
to uh, AU, we must begin to, those organizations begin to form themselves and create a platform where they engage these people. And they must find people within themselves who have the spirit and the value of what Africans' growth means. Right. And then begin to, those in back home, begin to connect with the those in the, in the diaspora. diaspora. That's what we begin to form. Now, right. one big portion of doing this, money mm. is big. Mm -hmm. Money is important. Right. Because without money, economics mm. is impossible. Yes. I mean, look at here in the United States. Economics is important. Right. The power of money in the black uh, uh, community here in the United States, they run $1.3 trillion trade and economics. $1.3 trillion. But guess what? How many of that $1.3 trillion is in the community? Mm. What, less than 5% in the community? Mm. Because they always say this, that one, uh, $1 would circulate once here, you know, here in the United States one day. Mm -hmm. in, 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 uh, in the Latin, Latin American community, it circulates nine times. That's right. In the, uh, what do you call it, the Chinese community, mm -hmm. it circulates 30 times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, one dollar will remain here in our community like for two hours. Two hours and it moves yep, to it, those people. Right. In 20, 20 days in the, in, the, in, the, in the Chinese community and multiple times That's right. in, the, in, the, in the Caucasian community. Oh, yeah. So we must begin to let our money circulate. And what does that mean? Meaning we must begin to find ways where we create income within ourselves, right. within here in the United States right. and even back home in Africa. Right. Trade. Right. Thank God for the free trade, uh, whatever that is coming up. Right. Trade is important. We must begin to make the trade. money even circulate within Africa itself. Right. Right. And that's how we begin to talk about utilizing our resources to create wealth. That's and right. that wealth we use to do what? To build the structures and the institutions that we need. I'm and I'll tell I'm, you this. I'm pride for Africa. So. Yes, I'm pride for Africa. So where I see no reason why that those in the diaspora, and we must lead this, especially, I'm sorry, Nigerians, <laughs> look, the rest of the African world, the black world is waiting for you waiting people. Waiting for Nigeria to move, that <laughs> is correct. You know, I think Nelson Mandela once said that Africa will not move forward until, until Nigeria, Nigeria begins to move forward. Yes. So, and those, who are the Nigerians? It is those in Nigeria who is you and me. That's right. I'm serious. I mean, I'm sorry, but when you talk to Nigerians back home, it seems hopeless. Right. They, they hardly have anything to say uh, because when they say, you know, the security agents come and, and things are, are, are taken care of and, and read in, in, in a you know, obtuse manner because they think they are criticizing the government when you just want the best things for, for the nation to move forward. Right. So the rest and the honors rest on you and I who are in the diaspora. That's and great. that's when we must begin to come together and really talk. Right. Now, um, why am I saying this? Economics again. Where maybe a Nigerian or anybody in the African continent right. will begin to sit down, draft a structure that will create institutions for, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 a fund. Right. A fund for Africa. Right. That fund will be specifically meant to build world-class hospitals in Africa. Right. If you are a bond, you understand? If you create that bond, mm -hmm. look, the Chinese, the, 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 the Indians did it, right. where the diasporans came together and created a bond for particular projects. Right. Now, the, the, the Jews 
Right. They're the same. The Israelis. That's they have right. bonds were created the, for particular projects. And yeah. they realize, people say, oh, well, if you do this thing, they, they're going to embezzle them. But guess what? People embezzle things in, in, in Israel. That's they embezzle right. things in China. That's but right. what do you do? They sat together. Hold them, and hold them accountable. Yes. They sat together, put credible people, and not just credible, but people with capacity and trust. Right. Capacity and trust. You have to have those two people. Because in any leadership, Yes. From from local local uh, what do you call it uh, 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 organization Parako, uh -huh. to to community to national and even country wise. Yes. You must begin to have people with capacity, capacity. for trust mm -hmm. and capacity to do, to do the job. Right. Know? So when they did that, because they said, oh, so they created, you know, a, a bond for particular projects. I see no reason why we cannot create bonds for particular projects in Africa where we divide Africa into six geographical regions and say, you know what, these bonds, how much would it take to, to build a standard hospital in South Africa, in, in, in West Africa, in, in, North, uh, in North Africa, in East Africa, in Central Africa? That's how we begin to think. That's right. Because until we do that. So when we do that, guess what? We create the platform where individuals from Nigeria can go to Cameroon to work. Yes. Individuals from South Africa can go to Ethiopia to work. Yes. Now, as we begin to do that, we'll make it easy for you to have license in any of these African countries. That's right. If you're a doctor and I want to go do healthcare practice in Liberia, it's easy. There's a system. I apply, the system is set up because we understand. So when I go to Liberia, it's easy. Yes. I mean, we, when I do medical missions in Jamaica, it's a system that's been created. That's I do right. that every year. They give me my license. That's right. it, it says for like six months, I do what I have to do, and I come back. That's I'm right. giving impact. I'm mm -hmm. producing, you know, using my resources, time, money, and intellect to make some good things on the ground. And they appreciate you. And they appreciate that. So that's, right. that's what we begin to be. As we do that as well within the African continent, we cannot forget our brothers and sisters in the Caribbean diaspora. That's right. Those are huge talents. They want to be part of it. They want to be part of well. it. Because guess what? In all sincerity, some of the people who started the, the, the move for the eventual African liberation. Actually, it came out from the Caribbean. Of course, they did. Garvin in particular. <laughs> of course. Who, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rub it in here. His son, his youngest son, Dr. Julius Garvey, right. is going to be a guest in okay. about two weeks. Right. So he's going to talk about that. Right. You know. So these are some of the things. So that it's easy as well that those in the Caribbean can come to Africa and work yes. whenever, doctors and all that. That's right. So, and I'll give you one example of what I did mm -hmm. uh, and it is an experience. And, yes. and, and I thank God for those who were able to make it possible. Right. Um, we are not, Africans, we're not bereft of skills and talents. No. We just don't want recognize them or celebrate them. That's right. And that's what we must begin to do. Yes. So when the in, uh, uh, COVID happened yes. and we saw that we could do things via Zoom and all that, and we all have... When I talk to most doctors, they feel they want to give back. They want to give back. Right. But they have no means of giving back. Right. Uh, the security situation in Nigeria is, is, is incredible mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, in a good or bad way. Right. And, um, you know, there's fear. There's instability everywhere. So, right. And I'll say, you know what? Since I talk about using, using technology to solving issues, uh, because I, a lot of people, you, you hear me say this when I say, look, as individuals, 
that each and every one of us must take charge, and not just charge, right. but charge and leadership right. of our individual spaces yes. and find innovative ways to solving problems that come out of it. Yes. For instance, the issue of media and all that, you're doing this. You're taking charge and leadership in this space. Right. So you. if you're an engineer, you do the same. Yes. If you're an entrepreneur, you do the same. If yes. you're in fine tech, if you're you know, in medicine, if you're an engineer, you do the same. Right. Because as we begin to take charge and leadership and find innovative ways of answering solutions to problems there, we will move forward. So what did I do? I said, you know what? A lot of my brothers and sisters here in the diaspora who are doctors, they want to give back. Right. So let me see how we can form uh, a grand rounds back home. Right. Where doctors here in the U.S., we talk to doctors back in Nigeria right. and, and give their expertise and knowledge to our people back home and create that platform where people see what's obtainable mm. globally, international standards right. in terms of health and care. Right. So I, um, I drafted something. I said, look, we want to be able to, it's a grand round. Grand rounds, especially those in the medical field would know, right. where uh, individuals come, they bring an expert, he comes in and mm. talks about the work that he or she has done mm. as an expert in that field. Right. Uh, talk about the signs and symptoms and everything else and talk about what he or she has done to move the needle forward for that disease or for that mm. discipline. Right. And then talk, so also talk about the treatment and the future right. technologies and innovations that come in in that space. Right. I said, we have great minds here in the US. Mm. So we can begin to utilize them back home and talk about those things. That's right. So I said, okay, fine. We have the internet. We have Zoom. So what do I need? I said, I need a team back in Nigeria. and I need a team here in the US as well. Right. So I reached out a couple of people. Uh, you know, in different hospitals, and said, look, this is what I'm thinking. Would you be able to help me? Uh, some of them, yeah, we don't know how, we don't have the resources. And thank God, I met uh, my, my very good friend and brother, Professor Saad uh, Ahmed Saad, who's okay. the federal, uh, uh, what do you call it, medical, chief medical director of the Federal Medical Center uh, in Jabi, in Abuja. Abuja. And I said, look, bro, this is what, uh, I know he's very progressive and forward thinking. I said, this is what I'm thinking. Uh, I said, okay, how do you want to do it? I said, well, I want a situation where I need a team here. Mm. I need you to create a team for me here in Nigeria, in your hospital. That will be the hub. Right. And I also create a hub here in the United States. And this hub will talk to one another. Yes. Now, the structure is this. A young person, a young doctor who's in training will pick up a case that they've managed in that if you're cardiology, if you're hematology, if you're whatever, nephrology, you pick a case. And then that young doctor could now present the case to everybody to hear mm -hmm. and see the science and symptoms, how the person presented and everything else. Right. Now, why did I say I want a young doctor? Because it gives that young doctor the platform to talk on an international global space. Right. We didn't have that platform when we were growing up. I mm -hmm. never had it. Mm -hmm. So we need to create that for them who are coming. Right. Because it shows them, you, say, you know what, if I can talk at this level, and I'm confident, it builds confidence. That's correct. It, it gives them chance to network as well with individuals in the global space. Yes. So and I said, the next thing is, we'll get a consultant who's the head who helped manage that case to come talk about how the case was managed. Right. So, and they agreed. They created, he mm. created a hub for me, to the great team 
you know, Dr. Bioku and the whole team who are in Nigeria, right. who did, who created the team, thanks to, you know, the FMC and the leadership. Right. So I now came back here to the U.S. I said, look, I need a hub here in That's the U.S. Right. Yes. So I approached uh, uh, Professor Kunseri, Chris Kunseri, who's the present president of AMPA, oh. the, the Association of Nigerian Physicians in the U.S., and I said, right. look, Chris, this is what I want to do. He uh, said, oh, so how are we going to do it? I said, I need a hub. I need, give me a team who will do that. Yeah. And he said, okay, uh, I know the right people to talk to. So he led me to a group of uh, people who were in the educational committee uh, and, and all that. Uh, I mean, the whole team from Getty to uh, 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 my big brother, uh, 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 Shibawale, and all that, okay. and uh, to Dr. our very own Dr. Ogunkoya, Ogunkoya and the whole team. Yes. So they created a hub here. Right. Now, they now say, okay, so how are we going to do it? So what I did, again, that's, again, leading by example. Right. So I said, I'm going to do the first case, the first grand round. Right. And I also look for another person who will do the second grand round. Right. So that when they come, they see what has happened. It becomes seamless. Right. So before that, I got this hub in Nigeria. I got the hub in the U.S. Mm -hmm. We had a Zoom meeting. We talked right. and planned it and chose the date, what we begin to do. Right. And then when we did the first case, I presented the first case. It was on COVID then. Right. And then I now got the second case, who, which was done by uh, Dr. Uh, Kevin Clark, right. who is uh, 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 an oncologist surgeon and a, a breast expert. Uh, did the second one on breast cancer. Mm. I mean, look. It blew everybody up mm. because we begin to realize that breast cancer, as common as it is, has a genetic predilection to people who are in Nigeria and to individuals who are African descent here in the U.S. Mm. Why certain genetic predilection causes breast cancer that is aggressive in Nigeria right. that we saw and the same thing that's happening here in younger people. Right. So we identify and we talked about that. So guess what? It's been ongoing since then, successful every last Friday of the month. So that's what you sit down, think about, right? And create a platform seeking people with common sense right. and who will fly in the same manner that you fly right. and solve a problem in that space. Right. So that's one of the things we can do. So we can do so many other things. Right. Well, Doc, I'm, uh, well, you've talked about a whole lot of things, but I'm just going to pick one or two things. You made mention about the need for a borderless Africa. Yes. I'm going to add to that because we did an episode in the past on that. An Africa that operates with a single currency. Mm. It is very important. Again, the progress of Africa largely... I don't know the powers that be will let you do no, that. No, no, no. They have to. We have to. Again, it goes back to what we said earlier. Right. That we need to... Who are, what, who are, who are the powers that be? Uh. Okay. We have to claim our power. <laughs> we have to. We have to. We have to be the Africans. We have right, to I, look I at just what. Joking. No, no, no. I, I, no, 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 no. It's going to happen. We have to. We have to take charge. Euro had euros because because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like you said, now all these doctors want to travel. If you want to travel to go work in Ethiopia, like Libya or whatever, you have to first of all exchange your local currency for right. the dollar. And when you get back to your destination, right. you're going to exchange again. You're losing money on right. that. So there's the need for an Africa that is using single currency on top of a borderless Africa. But there's something uh, that is quite interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take you I on that. Uh, in, in that. That the inevitability yes. of that. Yes. And guess what? That is coming with cryptocurrency. That's correct. 
cryptocurrency is doing that. But we don't I know have do to a coin. We no, have no, one. No, no, but we do have, but <laughs> that's another story. That's right. But well, I, uh, we don't have to wait for that. You yes. know, African countries, whether it's through the AU or whatever, they need to talk, go and talk to each other. Right. There's the need. We save money. Reconciliation you strategy save money. formation. You save restructure. It, EU is doing it. When you travel from, from Germany to to Italy, you don't, you're spending the same money. You go to France, the same thing. So we have well, to do Uncle that. Uncle Umar, but Uncle Umar said that a long, yes, time ago, long time ago. And they wanted to do that. That's but guess right. what? They were not allowed to do it. No, Eventually, are, Europe did it. The no, same thing like, Africa wanted to do. No, but like you said, <laughs> like you said, we are not our ancestors. Right. This right. is a new Africa. Who are those that are not wanting or letting us to do it? Except we don't want to do it. Well, we, we need must, to negotiate We must do it. No, we don't actually. No, no. What I mean, what I mean, negotiation. It's again. I, I, I beg to differ. We don't need to negotiate with anybody well, outside Africa. We yeah. have to talk to ourselves in Africa and First. have have a, a united front, have an agreement, and then speak with one voice. Tell which is what we want, and we must do it. You know. So, but I want to leave that alone. Let me go back to what you talked about with the COVID, mm. because I was listening uh, listening to the argument from. Uh, uh, the World Health Organization, why they didn't want, there were about five or After seven COVID, African we'll talk about money. No, no, hold on. <laughs> After, uh, uh, there were about uh, five or seven African countries that mm -hmm. had capacity right. to develop the COVID vaccine, vaccine mm -hmm. based on the, what, what they have in Africa and all mm -hmm. that. And now Africa has shown the world that Africa fared a lot better than any other continent right. in survival rates from uh, or the COVID vaccine, right. or the COVID uh, epidemic, pandemic, mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. Now, because they denied those African countries mm -hmm. the opportunity to develop uh, a, a, a vaccine right. from Africa, don't you think the world has been denied the opportunity right. for a vaccine that has a highest, or the, the possibly the highest uh, uh, efficacy, right. you know, right. don't you think right. so? Because I'm thinking, if Africans fed, there's a reason why they right. did that. Right. So, right. if they had developed a vaccine, and also, why did they even allow the World Health Organization to dictate to them whether to develop a vaccine or not? Russia did not listen to them. Right. China did not listen to them. Right. Because they were waiting, uh, telling everybody, wait, uh, the Pfizer, the uh, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, when they go through the test and all that, you talked about the African CDC. Right. So the right. African CDC should be able to approve a vaccine for Africa because right. Africans right. are unique. Right. Our DNA is different. So now we are taking the Johnson & Johnson, the Pfizer, and all that. Do we even know that this has the best efficacy for know, the right? African DNA? <laughs> I've always, I'm, I'm asking you I've that always said, said things like that. You see, unfortunately, most of the medications that we take and swallow I mean, a lot of those things we take and swallow them. How many of those medications, when they did their research, had a significant percentage of African or black people in those studies? A lot of them won 2%. So how the heck do we know that those medicines really will work for us? Exactly. <laughs> because we know now that genetics offer or alter a whole lot of things and detects a whole lot of things. Now, um, in terms of you know, the COVID, why we did well. I'll keep it going. Africa has the youngest population on Earth, so we're pretty healthy, young. And because of that, we don't have the diseases that come from those, particularly big time. And I'll say this, and all Africans must begin to pay attention. It's important because, look, in the next 
10, 20, 40 years from now. We don't want to see a generation that will witness their children die in front of them. Mm. And that's diabetes. Yeah. Africa in the 80s was a continent that was described that had no diabetes. It was just about, what, 800,000 people in Africa in the 80s? Right. Today, we're 21 million people on counting. Why? Mm. We're adapting Western lifestyle, food, lifestyle food, food and all that. That we don't need. But you see, I said this. It is okay to be civilized, but you don't have to be westernized. There are That's two right. different things. That's we right. must begin to understand that. That's right. It's okay to be civilized, meaning you move with the terms and progress and technology and everything. You That's don't right. have to be westernized. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and we must begin to adapt that, that notion in the entire African continent. Right. Now, diabetes is big. If you look here mm. in the United States and everywhere else where COVID has done a whole lot of damage, mm. diabetes has a huge role to play in it. Mm. Huge. And especially when it began to be a big issue where African-Americans were dying more. Because, look, diabetes is new to our DNA. It's not in our DNA. It's new to us. Yeah. And there's, a, there's, a, there's an anthropological you know, explanation to that. That's a different story on right. another day. Right. So because we have less diabetes in Africa, mm -hmm. we did well. Yes. We have a younger population, we did well. Right. Remember, with diabetes comes stroke, yes. heart disease, kidney failure, right. all that. Right? Uh -huh. And a depression of your immune system. Right. Which, because we don't have back home, we did fair, we fought farewell. With diabetes, also come with obesity. Right. They go pari pasu. You right. understand? So, yes. if you remove all of those, yes. of course they'll do well. Right. Now, one other thing that's significantly important, and we did that here, is vitamin D. Right. Vitamin D is big. And it's big to the black man. So, everybody's listening. Go get your vitamin D level checked because it, it determines if your immune system is working well and how it's working. Studies have shown that, look, for those mothers who are pregnant, if you have a low vitamin D level, even less than 30, there's a higher risk of you developing uh, uh, gestational diabetes, mm. meaning diabetes for those who are pregnant. Right. Did we know about this? No. And for those who come out of the African continent and live in the Western world, where our vitamin D, we need a higher amount of sun. That's right. And you live here, look, all through the summer, uh, winter, you have no sun. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of our women, <laughs> they begin to run away from the sun. Oh, I don't, I wanna, I don't wanna <laughs> I get don't dark. Want to get dark. <laughs> look, you're shortchanging yourself and right. shortchanging your life, unfortunately. And for those who are back home, who run away from the sun, if you find out those who died more from COVID in Africa, are those of the higher socioeconomic status. Yes. And what's the first thing they do? Still they run away from the sun. From the sun. So they don't get, mm -hmm. so AC home, <laughs> AC room, AC air, con uh, air conditioned cars, yeah. air conditioned office, air conditioned restaurants, right. and hanging out. That's so right. they don't get to see mm. the sun or get the natural thing that God created for you that to is, receive through your vitamin uh, D. That is so that's huge. Yes, Here, yes, we do yes. that. You understand? So it's important to do that. So all of those few things, and of course, with the food that we eat, yes. um, a huge anti-inflammatory uh, response. Right. Because vitamin D actually upregulates uh, 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 your innate immune system. Right. You understand? So that you are constantly on a, on a level where uh, uh, your immune system is controlled. Right. You understand? And that's what vitamin D does to you. Right. And a whole lot of other things. Mm. So, and the food we eat and, and the fact that we're constantly moving and young and all that. So right. those are the... Now... People forget when it comes to vaccines. Right. 
India produces some of the largest amount of, va of vaccines in the world. A lot of people don't know that. But guess what? It's not the Indian government that produces it. It's a family. Trace back. A young man who way back in the late 50s and early 60s developed a structure where they needed to do uh, create vaccine. And his son took it to another level. There you go. You understand? Took it another, and, and this is where it is right now. Mm. So I see no reason why we cannot sit down as well to yeah, begin to create our, create our own Look, vaccines. it's for our life, for our health. Exactly. We don't need anybody to tell to us tell how us to do to. that. Wait, yeah. Who's going to tell you how to save your life? Exactly. Are you kidding me? You understand? You know, and they're going to put us in line. We're going to wait until so, they look, finish supplying to their local consumption again, before they send to Africa. Again, our mentality has to come. That's correct. In the sense that I create something in Nigeria or I create it in Ghana or in, in Uganda, it's equally as good to come on standard within the African context. Yes. And that's why we talked about those organizations who will be a yardstick measure for the things that we need to do within Africa. Right. So if it's good for Africa... So it's good for anybody else. Exactly. If you don't like it, sorry. Don't, don't take it. Don't take it. But <laughs> let, Africa, let Africans take theirs. Let Africans take charge of their own health. If, if they sit down and create a standard Grace. within the African standard system mm -hmm. and we sanction it, it is fine. Yes. If they don't like it and want to use it in yeah. Europe, it's probably not good for them anyways. That's right. <laughs> because this was made for our DNA. That's you right. You understand? So, that's right. Um, and that's why we must begin to do this and, and understand that we do things that will save us first and foremost. Right. Uh, and, and as we talk about the common sense and common se uh, uh, sensibility of the African continent, right. we must begin to do that. So that our people, I mean, there's a whole lot of work we need to do. Right. Because if you create that, then you need to tell our people that, listen, what was created in Ghana is good enough for those who are in South Africa. Yes. You don't have to, and it's okay. You can wear it. You can yeah. utilize it. Of uh, and it's safe. That's you understand? Right. Because... We're so brainwashed mm. to the point where anything that comes out of Africa is not good, it's inferior. And because that's the that's way the it's narrative. That's the narrative. And there. that narrative, again, we have to change it, it comes you know, down so, from our common uh, experience exactly. of all the things. I asked you this, yes. and I've asked a few people this. Right. <laughs> if you ask the average person, right. I say, when you see an angel, right. what color do you think an angel is? Oh, they're going to say white. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I mean, it's, and if an angel comes in the black form, uh, is what the so devil? I was, I was the it's only sad. person. I was, I was, the, I was the only person that decided when my mother passed. I immediately said, "Hey, Saint Mom, I prayed to Saint Mom, right? Because yeah. uh, that is my angel. I refuse yeah. to yeah. to take any other angel." Anyway, Doctor Luya, we have obviously we have a lot to talk <laughs> about, <laughs> and we're not going to finish talking about it uh, today. So we're likely, likely going to have a sequel. Yes, to this, so uh, especially on this medical, then you know the medical care yes. in Africa, yes. it's quite interesting. It, so uh, your work, your, you and, and and those of of um, of us that are in the medical field, your work is cut out. It we is. appeal to it you is. to please do it not is. relent. No, if there's any way we can help here from the uh, Common Sense Africa podcast, please. We'll, Let us we'll know. Continue we'll continue but to before support we go. you. No, we're not going okay. yet. I want to switch to your work. I want to switch to the work that you do uh, okay. in uh, AMPA, uh, NAPAC, uh, and right. all of that. I want right. to talk to us because, because uh, we want to hear. We, we like what the organization is doing. Right. So right. we want to see what effort, I mean, what are the hindrances? Mm. You know, what, what response are you getting from those in Nigeria, uh, uh, the Nigerian diasporans here, right. Right. you know, from joining... Uh, uh, NAPAC, Ampa, right, and all of right. them, you know? 
because I once was uh, the president, well, I am the founder, and uh, for the record, the founder of um, uh, African ADD. Diaspora for Good, good Governance, ADDG for short. Yeah. I am currently serving as uh, the acting chairman and the president emeritus. So and I saw, I still see the problem with getting our people to come and participate in elections, in this, in that, you know. I mean, we did a good, a good job, but there's more to be done. So what are the hindrances, what are the problems that you're getting, you know, from... Well, Ampere first and, and foremost, I, I need to tell people what uh, NAPAC is. NAPAC is the Nigerian-American Public Affairs Committee. Mm. Uh, it was founded about 10 years ago in California by some great, you know, uh, uh, ingenious minds uh, uh, who came together uh, from... Uh, uh, Mr. Ademola Kusoya, Malala Lara Okunobi, and other great minds in, in California right. who, you know, came together and said they needed uh, a structure like this right. uh, where our people uh, must come together to a point uh, where they, you know, not only have uh, a political will, but also create an economic will. That's correct. Uh, and I say this because... Uh, economic and political will go Paris Pursuit. Uh, I say they are the yin yang of a societal growth and development. Right. Without that, you can't. You ain't going nowhere. Ain't going so nowhere. Uh, and and so they created this organization um, and said, you know what? Nigerians as individuals, again, we uh, we work in silos, um, have done well individually, but right. collectively we haven't done much. You know, we, we say Nigeria not the carry last. Mm -hmm. uh, individual, yes, we haven't carried last. But collectively, <laughs> collectively, we are, we, last. We are yes. so behind. So, so uh, behind. And we see what other people are doing. Right. And, and it comes from um, our tribal mentality right. uh, that a lot of us brought from the African or the Nigerian continent here. When right. I mean tribal, uh, in the sense that when people go through stress, strife and distress right and there's paucity absence or shortage of resources right. people go tribal yes uh, and when they go tribal it means they're trying to identify with the the, the structure that they can hold on to as a soccer right. as a sense of support right. and the next the only thing is your tribe you know right. it's your, your church or your religious group, or right. your parapal group, right. <laughs> your, your local communal. Right. So because they needed to do that right. so that they can sustain themselves, that continued right. even till today. Yes. But the difference is they were seeing the millennia right. and the, the generation Z. Yes. Their mindset is totally different. Right. And not just that. We realized that for those who came earlier, the mindset is, oh, I don't believe here. Because back home was still good, yeah, relatively. I want to go back. So they want to go, go back. back. Yeah. So they're cut in between two worlds. Right. If you say, I mean, those who are here, they're, they're constantly generating money and, and, and sending money home, training right. children, sending right. whatever, right, all that. Right. And then people tell you, oh, you need to build a house back home. Right. And you cannot just build a house. You need to build a mansion. A mansion. So a you find that house. Yes. a fitting house. <laughs> and not just that, oh. You're building for uncle for also uncle. because uncle needs help. Right. Uh, and uh -huh. uncle's children, you Your need to help sponsor uh, and all that. that. <laughs> you know, God forbid somebody dies. Oh, that, we come right. together for funeral. That's, that's what right. we do. Black yeah. people all over the world. That's right. We need to come together for economic growth and that's, sensibility. That's right. So because of all of those, those are the narratives that we've had to deal with right. over time. Mm. But one thing that I always say, 
we must begin to educate one, engage our people, right. inform them and educate them right. and make them understand. Right. Because if you make somebody understand, they'll accept it. Of course. If I make you understand why you need to jump off the cliff, I don't need to put a gun to your head. Mm -mm. I just tell you, I make you understand, you jump off. Because the angel will catch you <laughs> <laughs> on your way down. But that's how we missed it. So coming to NAPAC, right. so it was created for that platform right. to, to, to identify those here in the U.S. with the capacity and trust for leadership. With the capacity and trust for leadership. Right. So that... As we begin to identify them in our community who also understand the value of pushing the Nigerian American agenda right. for growth and development here in the United States and right. all that. So NAPAC was created to one, engage, right. inform, educate mm. those Nigerian Americans in the area of policies and politics. Right. And we support them, identify them elevate them, support them, right. and encourage them to get into politics. Right. And not just, you know, how I'm an average Nigerian family, I have two doctors or three engineers or whatever. No, right. we should go past that level yes, now, right. you know. So here, and that's what we begin to do. Right. Um, and we begin to see a whole lot of, you know, great things. Nigerians getting involved in politics. Right. Um, we were, NAPAC was involved in, you know, the, the initial grassroots um, political uh, agenda for Eric Adams from right. New York, who right. eventually became the mayor. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember, you know, we brought him to a Nigerian restaurant right, in right. New York, never been done. And uh, uh, Nigerians came together, helped gather the Nigerians together here in New York right. uh, to also come to engage those who were running for mayor of, of, uh, mayor of uh, New York yeah. back then. Never been done before. Right. Now, we're also involved in uh, uh, John, John Ossoff and Warnock's uh, campaign right, right. in. Um, Georgia. In Georgia, uh, where you know, uh, on of uh, us of came and recognized the work of Nigerians and NAPAC in particular uh, for what they've done. Right. Uh, we've we've done that all across the country, and we we celebrate those who are taking um, the gum show to run for office. We right. have young people who are running. In fact, as a matter of fact, right now in Georgia, in the state of Georgia, eight Africans are running for office. Hmm. Eight. Right. Seven of them are Nigerians, one from Ghana, right. and about five of them are running for House of Rep, right. uh, including uh, my immediate uh, past uh, president of NAPAC, uh, Mr. Uh, Shegun. Uh, 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 oh my God. <laughs> uh, Shegun, Shegun, who's Shegun. running for, for, for office? Yeah, you Shegun, understand? Don't kill him, man. He's, I know, right? He's just fluid. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, and, and, and at the we, we are beginning to create that platform right. uh, for, for Nigerian Americans who are running for office. Right. And that's what we do. So, but we also do, do in the area of, of, of health, right. where you know, across, we have doctors in NAPAC, mm. where we collaborate. You know, we were first and foremost one of the first Nigerian group who put uh, information out on COVID, right. identifying the signs and symptoms of COVID, you know, how to manage it and all that and all that. And then helping to inform our community on, on, um, on the need to take the vaccine. Right. You know, uh, we also did that by giving, you know, food materials for Africans who, you know, uh, were suffering from the devastating economic devastating effect of COVID right. and a whole lot of other stuff. We also involved in the area of 
a tourism and and uh, uh, structure and infrastructure right. uh, where we uh, we have uh, uh, um, culture and direct uh, um, arts and culture director uh, and tourism director who's championing that cause uh, out of New York as yeah. well. You and know, I've also I've also joined you guys when you're doing your coat drive winter yes, coat drive. Yes, yes, yes. So you guys are doing a great job. <laughs> we did that, and uh, guess what? We're doing also. Right. Like I always say that we. You can't change power from afar. You have to engage, engage power. So you know we engage the State Department, right. especially those who are in the Nigerian desk on issues that concerns Nigeria on right. multiple fronts, right. uh, from the elections that's taking place, uh, from uh, the economic uh, outlook in, in, in Nigeria and the entire Africa, right. uh, where we got uh, 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 Ms. Akuna Cook, Recently, yes, last right. last uh, two two Fridays ago, mm -hmm. uh, came with uh, um, Leslie. I forgot her name now. Right. Who uh, Leslie Mori, who came to talk about the uh, project uh, Africa, right. you know, Prosper Africa, right. uh, where you know under the USA aid, uh, put money together to see how they can identify you know great minds and talents right. in specific areas uh, within the African continent, right. and to help you know, leverage those talents and provide resources in terms of funding right. for them. So mm -hmm. we did that. Uh, we tried to en engage those who are in power, bring them close to us, let them hear our voice right. and hear our concerns. Mm. And not just that, but to also tell them, listen, we're here to offer you our help. That's right. We're here to offer our resources to help your work right. better. And that's the only way we can get that's this good. done. All right, Dr. Luya, thank you very much. This, is, this has been so insightful, so informative, you know, this section, uh, the, the stuff that you shared with us. But like I said, I think we're going we're gonna to do a sequel. We're going to do a follow-up to all this because there's a whole lot to talk about, and um, especially where AMPA, NAPAC concerned, and of course, that we want to see how, how you progress with your team, right. with your colleagues, right. on the uh, making better uh, healthcare in Africa and, yes. uh, and all that. Yeah, and and for the political power that we're talking about, that eventual you know will lead to economic power. Uh, our great brothers are running. Uh, Shegun Adeina, uh, who my immediate past uh, president of NAPAC, is running for uh, state house in Georgia, and a couple of others. So if you see the flyers that are coming out and all that, please help support. Uh, help you know uh, uh, support them in any way you can, because yeah. that's the only way as a people uh, to move them. Because what they do, they just don't represent, you know, uh, of course they're running for state, so it's not just a parochial identity that they champion. They are champion uh, the, 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 the identity and the projects that will support, you know, not just Africans or Nigerians, but the entire human race in each area where they support. But we must begin to support them so that they have a, uh, we have a bearing for a face that look like us that would, you know, help... Um, 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 also put our interest on the table as well. Yes, uh, well, since you mentioned that, I also know of um, a great sister in the same Georgia. Right. As a matter of fact, she's actually the state coordinator of ADDG, a uh, wonderful sister. She did a, a lot of good work. You talked about uh, Ossoff and uh, Wanok. Right. So she spearheaded our team there in uh, in Georgia uh, to to make sure that the uh, those uh, uh, two senators now right. won their election. Uh, her name is uh, Uriel Hemerling. Right. She's running right. for right. 
I don't know the particular district, but she's running for whether state representative, but she is running for office. Yes, I'm so aware of that. Yeah, so Ural, Ural, Ural reach out to NAPAC. <laughs> I think they have. Running, I think she has, actually. You know, so, Come to uh, think of it. Support, you need yes. to, we all need to support each other because like Dr. Nelson Aluya said so you know, eloquently, you need political power and economic power. They go hand in hand. And then we also need to start supporting each other. Africans, we have to support each other. We have to, before you look outside, make sure to see whether somebody in, uh, in the African community, whether it's African-American, whether it's an African immigrant, or, right. you know, one of us, make less, you know, set, uh, do a search, do a, you know, see if you, if you have somebody providing that service within us, okay? Dr. Luya, on that note, thank you so much. Thank yes. you so much Hopefully, for coming. You know, I, and uh, we'll be come glad back. to have you. Definitely I know. To, to talk about you. the three M's. Yes. Uh, well, a racial yeah, dominance. Uh, that's right. Money, yeah. military, oh, yeah. and media. Yes. Because without that, Africa will not yeah. move forward. So, ladies so, and gentlemen, yeah. thank you so very much for listening. Yes. Those that are live, this is the first live. So, you are. We thank you for joining us live. Uh, this is our first live show on uh, oh, Common wow. Sense Africa. So, Dr. Aluya give us the honor to do that so we appreciate that so if um if you're if you haven't already shared please do share with your friends your colleagues your family because we need everybody to get on board to listen and to join us to you know deliberate or you know talk about how to solve these problems of africa we have to take charge we have to begin to do things you know for ourselves so again thank you very much dr Aluya, for pleasure. joining us. Thank, thank you and thank, thank you. you for taking charge and leadership in this space um, again, may the gods be with you. And be with you too. And uh, may you prosper and progress uh, effortlessly well, you, and greatly. You too. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you.